Welcome to Hashtag Parenting Who Podcast, a podcast intended not just for parents or caregivers, but individuals seeking guidance around challenging behaviors or recurring and negative patterns in your life. Hashtag Parenting Who Podcast aims to have you asking, who am I parenting here, my child or myself? This podcast has a vision of you, the adult, stumbling upon a new relationship with the child you once were. Parenting is no easy task, but it doesn't have to be a burden. We are happy you are here. everyone welcome back to hashtag parenting who podcast uh this is julie and today is episode 26 i'll be chatting with uh laura kadari today from new york city she is a trauma-informed personal trainer and laura is going to speak today about her mission to and why she wants to increase access to somatic-based treatment for women and gender queer individuals living with trauma, anxiety, depression, and chronic pain. She wants to be able to help these individuals restore their their nervous system to a healthy function, uh, help them touch into their innate resilience and improve their overall quality of life and begin to thrive. Laura talks a little bit about her own personal experience, both with chronic pain, experiencing a back issue in her early adult years, and also her experience living with post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. And so she has a really unique position that she speaks from, and I really wanted to invite Laura onto the podcast because we have some training in common. She's currently finishing up her training and certification in somatic experiencing and um, I have this training as well and so that was my initial uh, connection to Laura but also there's such a big impact in the effects trauma has on our physiology on our on our bodies and so Laura's unique approach not as a clinician not as a mental health clinician but as uh, quote unquote body worker, someone who understands movement and understands the really positive effects of being able to move your body and move trauma, renegotiate trauma through your body. And so we talk a little bit about the training that we have in common and also the unique program that she's designed for uh, women and gender, gender queer individuals to be able to. Um, not only work with her one-on-one, but also to help other professionals who maybe are feeling that they need or would want some additional training in how to work with the body, Uh, doctors, massage therapists, physical therapists, and maybe they don't understand the impact of trauma on the physiology quite in depth. And so she's wanting to be able to um, train and help those other professionals to be able to connect them with this important work. So Laura has a Bachelor of Arts from Mount Holyoke College and a Master's of Public Administration from American University. She is a National Academy of Sports Medicine certified personal trainer and she serves on the 
advisory board of the Women's Strength Coalition. She runs their trauma-informed programming. Laura also has certifications in American Red Cross, CPR and AED, Movement for Trauma 1 and 2, uh, that is with Jean Clapp, and we talk a little bit about Jean in the podcast, and we'll leave a link in the show notes to her, and as mentioned, she's working in, his, uh, in the progress of achieving her somatic experiencing certification. Uh, she also has advancements in the treatment of trauma through the National Institute for the Clinical Application of Behavioral Medicine, Frontiers in the Treatment of Trauma, again through the National Institute for the Clinical Application of Behavioral Medicine, JDI Barbell Internship Program, Jesse Irzari at JDR, JDI Barbell, Pelvic Floor and Core by Susie Haitley at Functional Synergy. Oh, that's probably a really good topic for a future one. <laughs> Uh, pelvic pelvic floor exercises and how that can really benefit women. Practical Strategies to Foster Post-Traumatic Growth, National Institute for the Clinical Application of Behavioral Medicine, Resilient Movement Foundations, Resilient Performance Physical Therapy, Sound Body, Sound Mind, through Tony, Gentlecore, and Lisa Lewis. And so today, I hope that you enjoy this episode. As always, I have so much fun in getting to know people and also... Um, sharing another perspective where someone has leaned into their own personal experience in such a way that they realize that there is a need for someone who is trauma-informed and doing strength training. And so Laura offers that really unique perspective. And uh, I think that's it. So we'll just leave it there. Oh, the other thing is um, Pat, my producer for the podcast, he did a fantastic job in uh, dubbing in multiple (laughs) starts and finishes, abrupt finishes. Uh, Laura and I had some technical glitches while we were taping this podcast. But um, I think once the intro's added, it'll be within the 15 minutes. You'll notice a bit of a sound difference. Uh, the latter half of the podcast is a little bit louder. It's actually clearer, um, but that was our um, changing mediums in which we recorded the podcast. And so uh, the first little bit that we struggled with, you can't even tell. And so I'm really thankful uh, to Pat for his hard work on that. But I hope that you all enjoy this podcast. And as always, check out my website at parentingwhopodcast.com. There is a link to iTunes there. And uh, within iTunes, there is a ratings and reviews section. If you click uh, the rating, there is from one to five stars and write a review. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, There aren't reviews showing as of yet. There are I think it's a hundred reviews that we need before it starts to publicize, but it would be great to hear from you. And it would also be great to hear any comments uh, or questions around future episodes. So enjoy this episode with Laura and we'll chat with you soon. Bye for now. Hi, uh, Laura. Welcome to hashtag parenting who podcast. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being on. And I, uh, you and I tried to connect, I think it was back in July of 2018. And I think I had to reschedule and then it worked for you to reschedule. And here we are. So I'm happy that uh, we finally connected. Yes, me too. So Laura, um, I'm so excited to chat with you because uh, when I was going through your website in preparation for today's podcast, there was a blog that I think is what 
initially caught my eye and attention uh, about your work. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. But um, it was the one called Don't Start With The Breath. <laughs> yes. And so I saw that and it was immediately I was like, oh, this person gets it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so I started to dig a little deeper and I realized that you're in the process of doing the somatic experiencing training, correct? Yes, I am. Yeah. And actually, so that was what caused me to write this blog post, which started as a oh, yeah. slow-ridden rant because <laughs> everyone in my training was getting everybody to ground by taking a deep breath. Uh -huh. um, and uh, I don't know. I was just like, don't keep telling everyone to take a deep breath. Yeah. And, uh, that's how that post started. And it really resonated with a lot of people. Oh, it, it, and so for me, like when the mindfulness uh, sort of uh, trend came out years ago, I was working in an inpatient unit on a, on a like youth, like in a, in a pediatric wing of a hospital. Okay. And um, so very acute. Uh, mental health illnesses and they were trying to use mindfulness because it's evidence-based and so they were trying to use mindfulness in our groups that we would have with the patients and we'd have throughout the day various groups and um, the the deep breathing and the mindfulness were huge triggers for these kids and um, it just didn't work and so I think it's so important, the trauma-informed piece in the work that you're doing. And then, of course, there's the whole, like, movement and exercise and regulating nervous system that just goes along, I know, because I'm just, I literally have one and a half hours left, Laura, of consults, and I'll be totally done. Oh, congratulations. Um, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'll be totally done my SCP certification. So I've been working at it for about two and a half years, and... Um, who is your who is your instructor? So I just completed beginning year one, and her name uh, here in New York it was Maureen Gallagher. Um, oh, I don't know that name. And she's great, and I'm excited because uh, I believe intermediate is in New York is taught by a physical therapist. So Maureen oh. is a talk therapist who then has added a bunch of body things to her practice, but uh -huh. she comes from a psychoanalytic background. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited that the intermediate is going to be a physical therapist because yeah. as a body-based person, yeah. I'm curious to see what he's going to bring. It should be really interesting. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, we're getting a little off topic, but I, you know, when I get to talk with another SCP or I like to, to talk a little bit, um, but I was able to do all of my training in the same place with the same instructor. Yeah, so we got pretty close um, with him. His name uh, is Burns, Burns Galloway or O Galloway. I think it's Burns Galloway. Um, yeah, so it's it's uh, really fantastic stuff, and I I really appreciate those of you. I am coming from a um, psychotherapist background, and so um, those of you who do the body work, it's you know it's a it's a very um, for me, it's a piece that I need to go and educate myself more in because it's such value to the overall training and the overall theory and the overall work and healing that it does. I mean, I, I was an aerobics instructor years and years ago, and so I understand the, you know, the basics, but um, I definitely have benefited since the training from a home-based yoga practice. And the changes for me personally have been like out of this park, like blown my mind. Um, so those of you who are doing 
the somatic training and trying to become more uh, trauma-informed together with the exercise and the movement, I'm just fascinated by, by all that you can do with that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. You have to get creative because there's not a lot out there about incorporating them. People are like, how do you use SE in the gym? <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm figuring it out as I go, but it's uh, my inclination to get up and move. I find it's really helpful when um, we're doing the, in an SE, so as you know, but just for other people listening, when mm-hmm. you're doing the SE trainings, you practice on each other. Mm-hmm. And generally practicing with about 60 other people, you know, we break into small groups, but they come, a lot of them come from a talk therapy background. Mm-hmm. And I'm very quick when I start to see, you know, maybe immobilization happen to move to stand up. And everybody's like, how, do you, how did you know to stand up? How did you know to move? And I'm mm-hmm. just, That's just my inclination to move. Mm-hmm. And it, it's helpful to them. And I am learning so much about, um, I've actually become very interested in, uh, much more about psychology um, and that end of things because I'm working with all of these therapists. So it's been pretty interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so your background then, um, and we'll put this on in the show notes. And then Laura also has a really great website, which we'll uh, link in the show notes as well. But your background is, um, is what? Tell us that. Oh, <laughs> so I, um, I have had a lot of different, I've worn a lot of different hats, um, mm-hmm. but my background for this particular work, um, you know, I, I actually came out of my own experience. So mm-hmm. I just as a hobbyist um, was doing Olympic weightlifting mm-hmm. and I also um, got involved and started doing some karate. Mm-hmm. And that was after, this was in my mid thirties after mm-hmm not really being, I never played sports when I was younger, no soccer leagues or anything like that. Um, But I really loved it. And I really shifted, made a lot of positive changes in my life because I just felt way, had a different relationship with my body and Mm -hmm. self-confident, all these great things. But I also um, developed post-traumatic stress disorder following an acute trauma. And it Training that hard was actually becoming problematic. Training for Olympic mm. lifting is a lot of work. Okay. And so I had had this severe back injury and, um, you know, the injury was real. It was a, I had severe sciatica. It mm. seemed to be coming from a bulging disc. This is all pretty standard. Um, but I wasn't getting better. And I was actually getting progressively worse the more stressed. I became about not getting better. Um, and one of the things I was very stressed because I didn't want to lose this thing that had brought me so much joy. Mm-hmm. But the more stressed I got about it, the worse it was. And it was kind of this little self-fulfilling or sort of injury cycle I was in where the stress and the injury just kept feeding each other. Um, and I had, you know, doctors tell me I just needed more injections, but I didn't necessarily agree. I would go along sometimes and the spasms would be worse. So I decided to start educating myself. Um, I was actually looking for a different book when I came across The Body Keeps the Score by yeah. Uh, Vander Kolk. Yeah. And it was the first book I read. It's a very dense read. A lot of people feel when they read it, it can be pretty triggering, but very helpful and sort of worth hanging in there. 
Mm-hmm. For me, I read it like the way a person would read a mystery novel. I was so into mm-hmm. it um, because it was giving me so many answers about mm-hmm. all sorts of things that had been going on for me that I didn't understand. Um, and so I, that's where I started. And I kind of, I kept reading on my own about um, different modalities in trauma. And I tried some trauma-informed yoga with a couple of different practitioners here in New York. I have access to a lot of options here. Mm-hmm. But that was never, that always was very triggering for me. Um, mm-hmm. Wasn't helpful. And I really wanted to get back to the lifting. Uh, the only person I could find who sort of had a gym background in pursuing some trauma-informed work was Jane Clapp, based out of Toronto. Oh, okay. So I decided to go ahead and start training with her. Uh, and we're working together now. Uh, we just finished doing, I co-hosted a seminar with her here. Um, it, was, it was interesting. For me to get back to strength training was a combination. It was really hard in a lot of ways because it was hard for me to find the sweet spot um, in doing too much and doing enough. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I, it took some time to start learning about uh, the nervous system and the impact that um, trauma has on the nervous system and that I couldn't train quite so hard um, and I couldn't train with such an emphasis on power and that I really needed to kind of emphasize, um, I sort of train in a different way, really emphasizing strength and taking it slow, which was not my inclination <laughs> at the time, um, but I've learned since then. And um, can, can I just interject, Laura? Because yeah. I was I was looking at your uh, Instagram, which uh, we'll give everyone a link. You posted, um, I think it was on the uh, what machine. Would you call that the rower? I guess you were posting, you know, how to <laughs> how to settle your nervous system in the first video, and how not to settle your nervous system in the second video, which was all about speed and powering through, wasn't it? Right. And you have this thing, you know, if you're, if you're prone to, if you have a history of being, you know, pretty explosive in the gym and taking all this good feeling from that, and you're feeling sort of, you know, we would say in our work, you would say this, and I would say this, immobilized, but you know, you're sort of feeling low and down and you're trying to get yourself back up. You're like, oh, I know what I need to do. I need to explode. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, is that'll get you right back into another cycle. Um, That's not so helpful. So, you know, it's a combination of some discipline Mm -hmm. and uh, learning, you know, which can come from, if you you know a little bit more about the nervous system and what's going on, it Mm -hmm. makes it a little easier, I think, to be disciplined because you can see that it'll pay off. Mm-hmm. Um, I got better as you know, the long and the short of it, I'm, um, 40 mm-hmm. and I have a much more of a history being a couch potato than a gym person. Mm-hmm. And I am, you know, I had this chronic back problem. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, now I can squat over 220 pounds and like, Woo-hoo! okay, I, <laughs> you know, my dad is always worried. He's like, you're going to get hurt. I'm like, no, yeah. that's why I trained to do this. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was not linear, uh, mm-hmm. especially with those injuries and um, really having to respect, you know, I have to remind myself and I remind my clients, like, we're not training to win 
something. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. training for quality of life. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, we have some fitness goals in mind. But really, um, you know, that's sort of the big picture. That's our North Star, right? Um, but, you know, I have, we have to meet each other. You know, where are you today? You know, when you show up to train with me or when I show up to train on my own, where am I today? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's going to have to look a little different today with this mm-hmm. sort of long range view of also other goals. Yeah. Yeah, it just creates this space for the ups and downs of life, the ups and downs of emotions, of moods, of personality, of circumstances. It really just creates this space when the emphasis isn't on the power, it's on having the discipline, focusing and intentionally slowing down. And I love that you said, we're not training to win something, we're training for a quality of life. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's something I have to tell myself a lot because I tend to train mm-hmm. in environments with competitive lifters. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I just came this weekend. I went and watched uh, a bunch of my training partners who have progressed quite rapidly um, do a powerlifting meet. And, you know, I, I have watched other people who I started about the same time move ahead very quickly, but they're training for that. And um, so that kind, you know, they're training and that's a different style. You're, you're going to do some overriding. You're going to, you're going to do things that I don't do because I am training. Although there's part of me that desperately wants to win a medal. (laughs) That's not why I'm training. Um, And I'm training for sustainability and I'm training to feel good and I'm training to regulate and I'm training to walk around feeling really like good Mm -hmm. in the world. Yeah. Mm Yeah. It's interesting because when you said that your dad made the comment, oh, you're going to get hurt when you responded, it was with a lot of authority, like, no, I'm not. And so I don't know, was that, is that, does it feel different this time now that you've done the training and, and coming at it from a different angle than previously? Absolutely. I know so much more. I mean, I, even if I hadn't done all the other education sort of broadly, mm-hmm. just um, through my own work, right? You know, I, I have learned about myself because, mm-hmm. um, you know, what's for me is not also, you know, my clients, they all present differently and mm-hmm. they need different things. But um, so there's a combination of, I am able to see how I was training before any of this education took place, um, which was, uh, I talk about it as a training to um, sort of escape my feelings, to escape my body, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just, it was a very, it was in a very hyper aroused state. And so mm-hmm. I was training to fight all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And now just shifting the intention, which also does shift the programming. Mm-hmm. Um, I am training for a mel- more well-rounded thing. The other thing is, is that, uh, and I say this, um, you know, this is what I, I train to do, right? So mm-hmm. I, I don't have somebody who's, um, I talk about the deadlift a lot. I think it's a really empowering lift, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to have somebody who's never deadlifted before, which where you pick up mm-hmm. a barbell off the floor and stand all the way up, but with your yeah. arms down. Um, I've done it. It feels oh, amazing. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to have somebody come. So, you know, I'm working to deadlift, um, let me see. Uh, are you kilos or pounds? I'm wearing the. Yeah. I would like to 
you said pounds? Uh, I'd like to deadlift about 300 pounds Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty close. Mm -hmm. Um, Whenever I talk about it, my father gets very nervous because he (laughs) wants me very much. But the thing is that I regularly train to do this. I wouldn't have somebody who's never deadlifted before try Mm -hmm. to deadlift, you know, twice their body weight. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the other thing uh, is that it's a there's a, there can be a lot of fear there for some people. And so strength training is not for, if it's, you know, if it's very scary to you, maybe that's not the approach. Um, let's say inversions are very scary to me. So mm-hmm. yoga inversions are not mm-hmm. the approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I do, I speak from authority also, you know, who doesn't mm-hmm. kind of speak back to their dad like that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So the thing is, uh, one of the reasons why I was so excited to talk to you is, as we've spoke about, like, I just felt like the, you know, understanding the fact that a deep breath isn't calming or grounding for some people, it can be very triggering. And um, just the, the, the value in having training and trauma informed um, when working with the body. I'm also curious for you, because the podcast is is it, it's named hashtag parenting who. And so it's about empowering us as adults to be the best versions of ourselves. And so for you, it sounds like the power lifting, the strength training has really uh, resonated with you. And, and maybe like you said, you didn't do a lot of sports growing up and stuff like that, but something resonated with you. And I mean, there's a lot of power. I haven't done strength training in a long time, but the deadlift, I absolutely love that. Yeah. And I loved, I absolutely, I'm going to be honest, hated working out, but I loved how it made me feel. And it's just due to time constraints and where I live, there's no real gym that I can access. So I am more doing the yoga-based restorative stuff just um, because that's where I'm at right now. But um, for you, the strength training, was there a time in your life when it was like, yeah, this really works for me? Or was it more about that goal and then you just stumbled upon um, the benefits to the quality of life piece later on after the injury? Sure. I, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, I look back at like gym class in high school. We were allowed to choose. Um, and whenever I could choose, I would choose to train in the weight room. Um, but what I said was, well, I don't mind that as much. Right. It wasn't like, oh, I like this. And it was also I was a little bit gothy in high school. So I'd wear mm-hmm. these Doc Martens before they had like these big, tall 14 eyelet Doc Martens before they had zippers. Mm-hmm. And we had a gym uniform. And I found that I could train in my Doc Martens. So it was a lot easier for me to get to class on time after gym <laughs> class. Um, and I had all these so things. Practical. But, but I do remember I really liked um, I could feel how strong I was. Mm -hmm. And I liked that. Mm -hmm. And even though I said all these other things, um, and they were a part of my reason, uh, I remember liking how great it felt to be able to, I was always just a strong kid. So Mm -hmm. I, I I liked, I could really feel into that when I would like do like leg press and that kind of thing. So, um, And then it wasn't until I started training again out of necessity. So the back thing has been chronic for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And my back went out when I was in college, when I was 20, uh, getting up out of a chair. I was never anything cool. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) it's 
<laughs> it's so embarrassing. And um, and uh, when I moved back to New York, I'm that's where I am now, and that's where mm-hmm. I'm from. But I lived away. Um, my mother, I was 27. And my mother was like, "I'm tired of you walking around like you're 70." Mm-hmm. And I also knew I wanted to maybe try starting a family. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "I have this trainer who I'd like you to meet." And I was like, oh, "Okay." And she said, "His name is Big Ed." And mm-hmm. I about had a heart attack. And I was like, "No." <laughs> I met Big Ed and he and I are very close and um, we are still close today. He Mm -hmm. has left New York uh, and eventually stopped training together, but he trained with me for eight years um, and he was my first also coach for Olympic weightlifting. So he really created, and what I didn't realize at the time when I, when he left and then I was looking for somebody who was trauma informed, I assumed it was out there because I had this trainer who didn't claim to be trainer informed, you know, or trauma informed, but Mm -hmm. he was always so good at making a space for me to train for reasons other than to be less of a person, basically to be skinny. Um, That never really resonated with me. And, you know, he helped me feel good in the gym and made it really safe. And part of it, I, I just assumed that was what trainers did. Um, and I have a ton of trainer friends who do sort of seek to do that for their clients. But what Ed was doing, um, and I talk about the difference between explicit and implicit, although I, it seems that I may be the first explicit, at least that I, we can find, strength, trauma-informed strength trainer, Mm -hmm. I am definitely not the first. Mm -hmm. Um, And Ed was doing this work implicitly and still is. Mm -hmm. And um, so that is really how that, and so I started training so I could walk around uh, and just sort of be a healthy 27-year-old. And after Mm -hmm. a year of training, I was pregnant um, and I was squatting kettlebells on my due date. And Mm -hmm. I've been pretty healthy ever since. It's a little moment there when my back went out again. Yeah. Um, well, that's a cool story. And um, I just, I think I understand what you mean by the explicit and the implicit. And I want to just try and um, uh, just go back to that and yeah. correct me where you, uh, where maybe I'm not getting it. So you're talking about just the way that Big Ed mm-hmm. had you training and had you focus on other things that the the being skinny wasn't your goal. It didn't resonate with you and just really um so he wasn't necessarily advertising it or branding it as a trauma informed but you felt that the way that he was coaching you and training you was tapping into things within you and it was just i it sounds to me like it was just a natural way that he did things he just had that ability to connect to something that was deeper and bigger than the exterior which was the you know how you look in a dress or pants or you know, whatever you like to wear. Um, and so the explicit, is it more that for you, this is your, your business model? Is this what you focus on? Is this how you advertise yourself as the trauma-informed piece? Is that what you meant? Or am I completely yes, up? Oh, is, perfect. Okay. That is 100% what I meant. So oh, good. Okay. I, he's, um, yeah. So, and Ed's still coaching and training folks. Uh, he, and we've spoken about this, um, you know, he, he really, he knew that from his own experiences in life, how it made him feel better at times. Um, and because I trained with him for eight years, we went through things together. The mm-hmm. loss of my grandmother um, shifted my relationship to my body and how I wanted to move. And, you know, he helped accommodate me with that. Um, and so dealing with grief, you know, he um, just, there have been different things in my life. 
he's been there and he, he shifted the training um, and he, he has all my records and he said that he can actually look at my program and know what I was doing, what was going on in my oh, life. My program. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I believe and, you. <laughs> and so that's, and that's what, and he just, he's, you kind of got it intuitively um, yeah. combined with all of his training. He has a lot of letters after his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So for me going into this, I was like, okay, there are plenty of great, amazing trainers out there in New York City. What I want to do is be explicitly working with people living with post-traumatic stress disorder, mm-hmm. chronic stress, chronic pain, which is often related to one of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that if somebody like I was a few years ago, Google's trauma-informed mm-hmm. training, something actually comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do believe that there are a lot of people out there doing this work implicitly, but they're not. Mm-hmm. spelling themselves that way so they're hard to find um and there aren't too many directories out there with that kind of information although they are out there and maybe we can share those too oh yeah yeah i'd be happy to if you want to send me the links i can put them in the show notes and sure. um you know because you kind of talked about how you stumbled upon meeting him and you know there was a resonance because that's what you gravitated to was the strength training in high school but because of your chronic back injury and your mom saying, look, I don't want to see you walking around like a 70-year-old and introducing you to him. You fell into it. And so I hear you saying that you want to be more, um, you just want to be more open to someone who might be doing a quick Google search who's looking for something that isn't going to, because this, you know, you worked with them for eight years, but you lived with the sore back for seven years before you did anything. Is that what you said? It was Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, you don't want people to have to wait seven years and stumble upon a good trainer. You want to, you want them to be able to find it when they're when they're doing a search. Right, and I think that now there's, you know, back then I don't, I wouldn't have known from trauma, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of us went. And I do think we are increasingly, as a society, becoming more informed. Um, and you know not everybody but definitely this it's there's more discourse about it in general so it's not it wasn't crazy in 2014 for mm-hmm. me to be laid up in bed you know googling like trauma informed strength trainer mm-hmm. and not really finding anything mm-hmm. um but for me to think that that might be a thing mm-hmm. and now four years later it's even less crazy to think that that's a thing um you know my whole my primary focus is to increase access so for me that also means educating other trainers who are interested in knowing about this work because i want more people i want more people to who do kind of get the trauma-informed approach or who are actively seeking Mm -hmm. um, that education to be out there sharing it so that, you know, me of 2014 or me of however, whatever year that was, 2006, um, you know, can find these people, Mm -hmm. you know, can find help. Mm -hmm. Um, That's my main thing. Well, and I think that's why um, having you on is so complimentary because for my podcast, it's very similar in the sense that I want to have that informal conversation to help people uh, demystify the therapy process. And by extension of that, 
you know, seek out things that are going to be helpful for them in a way that you did and finding that thing that resonates with you, finding that thing that empowers you, that physically makes you feel better, mentally makes you feel better, but that can also meet you where you're at and uh, not you know, in how we're educated, whether we're physical therapists or strength trainers or psychotherapists, we're limited to what we're trained and what we've accessed, the, you know, the education that we've, we've accessed. And so to have something like a podcast and someone like yourself come on and speak to, okay, yeah, this was a challenge for me. And I think, you know, even I, I understand what you're saying because when for a client a couple of years ago, I was looking very specifically for yoga informed or yoga trauma informed yoga. And it was really difficult to find. And I reached out to someone that I knew and she sent me two names and I was like, wow, this is really incredible that there's such a minimal number who are actually doing this really important work. Cause at the end of the day, it's really, really important to have that trauma informed peace because as you know, as an SE um, someone who views things through that lens to keep people in that hyper aroused state is actually really dangerous. Yeah. I see, I see a lot of stuff at the gym. I see And I mean, I've been this person, you go to mm-hmm. the gym, you're trying to take care of yourself. Uh, and you're not taking care of yourself because you don't know. Um, mm-hmm. And then there are also trainers who feed that, who see things like, well, stress is stress, but exercise is good stress. And I'm like, no, let's go back to stress is stress. Now mm-hmm. let's even look at that through a trauma-informed lens, it's different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's hard to, uh, I am hoping to increase the sort of public knowledge about that because it's, it's hard to watch all these people trying to take care of themselves or trying to take care of their clients, but maybe not really understanding mm-hmm. what, what they're kind of getting into. Yeah. 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 Now you created a holistic program uh, based on your experience. And I wondered if you could tell the listeners a little bit about that. If they were to come do work with you, what would that look like? And I realize that's probably pretty broad based on the unique, the the unique presentation, but generally speaking. Yeah. So the first thing is, um, so the, with me specifically, what we would mostly do is, personal training. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, with, first of all, we would understand what your goals are, right? And um, most people working with me, they generally come, they want to be in less pain, they want to be stronger, um, they want to be able to do that without getting hurt. I find that that is something I get a lot of. And sometimes there's some sort of like, oh, and I'd like, you know, to lose weight if that, but I know that that comes with this kind of work. Mm-hmm. That is generally who I approach, who get, who approaches me, which is generally my feelings. That's how I train, right? Which mm-hmm. is like, yeah, I generally train to feel good. Um, and so that's generally who seeks me out. And when we work together, um, and they generally, they do have a trauma history a lot of the time, um, when we work together, things come up, right? And whether they tell me about it or not is not really relevant. Um, Mm -hmm. I am, especially like through the SE training, you know, pretty trained at tracking the body Mm -hmm. and seeing what's going on and trying to keep people uh, training within, you know, what people in the field often call the window of uh, tolerance Mm -hmm, for nervous mm -hmm. system activation. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing is we're also, besides getting stronger and reaching any sort of those goals, we're working on building nervous system resilience in the gym 
through exercise as a positive stressor, as a form of control discomfort, um, and kind of spending time in a only tolerable amounts of discomfort, right? Mm-hmm. And learning what's tolerable and what's not and mm-hmm. being able to express that, we start getting into boundaries work. Mm-hmm. If I'm working with somebody who has certain types of, if they're not they have a history of having their boundaries steamrolled or they're mm-hmm. not boundaried at all, mm-hmm. um, you know, which I start to pick up on as we work together. And as things come up, we might do a lot of pushing uh, movements mm-hmm. um, and start yeah. pushing to learn boundaries. If I'm working with somebody who has a hard time asking for things, mm-hmm. we may start doing some pulling. Um, so I start to, as I work with somebody and I get to know them more, besides corrective exercises to help with their posture and their movement and everything, I'm going to start putting in thinking about as I make their program, the type of movements to expand their emotional vocabulary. Mm-hmm. With all of that, I also will talk about self-care just from my own sort of experience. I have had a very regular, um, well, it's it's gone on and off, but mm-hmm. I have had meditation in my life. It's something since I was like 13, I was sent to like a pretty, woo-woo arts camp um, and and I used I used mindfulness meditation to help me but I had to do it my way a little bit focus on my breath you know from reading that article mm-hmm. um, I had to figure out something else and so I found a different object to focus even though my teachers told me to focus on my breath I was like well I can't mm-hmm. so I focused on my hands and so I kind of will speak from my own experience if I think it's going to be helpful mm-hmm. um, so we do talk about mindfulness we talk about other strategies you know coping strategies because sure we're working to build um, a more resilient nervous system and we're working to get you know have stronger boundaries and all of these things mm-hmm. and so a lot of the time I'll just work from my own experience and or from stuff I've read and just come up with maybe coping strategies. And sometimes it's just a place for people to come and feel good in their bodies. Sometimes people come and they cry and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I generally try to work out of a gym. I found a space where I can uh, rent it privately um, by the hour so that we really have it to ourselves. Um, I cry in the gym and Mm -hmm. I'm fine with my clients crying in the gym. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. a okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just basically holding space for whatever comes up as opposed to like, let's crush it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not my, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. somebody needs to stop. They need to stop. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I feel like, you know, they just need some encouragement, we do that. But I always keep this very nervous system lens. The nervous Mm -hmm. system is a big thing for me. And that's really where I work from more than like building muscle or something like that. Yeah. And then whatever unfolds from there, unfolds from there. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And the SE piece, uh, right now I use it more to inform my vocabulary in the gym and maybe some of the movements and how we movement. You know, there's an emphasis on slowing things down and adding mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see how that has a place in the work in the gym. In the gym, it's called tempo work. And uh, we, you know, I sort of, um, I do work with that. And I have done a little SE with clients um, you know, but I basically I invite them to try it if they'd like, and um, then we will do some straight SE because we do have the privacy of the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not something I think I would incorporate in a regular gym environment. Yeah, yeah, because it's just harder to have that space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and you want um, when you're doing the trauma informed piece, you want to be able to create that so that when you're doing the boundaries work, 
you know, because that's that's a big one. And I know it is in my office as well. And, you know, when someone's realizing or recognizing and also moving through the stuck in their body by doing those like physical push or pull exercises that I think is brilliant that you're doing that. <laughs> Uh, I don't have the luxury of that in my office. I try and have some movement, but it's uh, quite a lot uh, different than it would be in the gym. But yeah, so you're creating the space and you want to be able to go to the full gamut of what it's going to, what it, the experience is going to be for the person. And so that's, that's great that you have uh, some private space that you can access to do that. Yeah, no, it's good. And it was funny. I first thought I needed it um, my clients needed it. That was when I started, when I decided to look for a private space, I was like, oh, my clients need this. I realized I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause not all my clients need it, but I work better with my clients across the board in that space. And it is because feel good in the work we're doing for me to feel like I've created a safe space. And therefore not only does my client feel safe, I feel safe. I need to have it be fairly controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, not, not have people interrupting or walking through or, you know, immediate, you know, news on all the TVs and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say like, when you, when you um, sort of present it like that, to me, this is no personal training. This is no, like nothing like you've ever experienced before. This is going to be a really unique experience for the person that's working with you. Yeah, it's, it is, it is different. Um, it's just because the goals are different, right? You know, and that's, uh, but I, I do think that there are other people who want to do this, you know, um, mm-hmm. who are maybe training in the gym and attracting clients who are coming to them like, I just, I'm, I want to work out because I like, I like the way it makes me feel. I like the way it makes me feel. Maybe this is what they're speaking to. It's, you know, it's health and wellness and uh, like not, which is way, I, I get frustrated because Fitness always gets sold as really, even though it's part of health and wellness, it's almost always sold as aesthetic, mm-hmm. um, which never resonated with me. And I actually really think there are people out there who get into this work for health and wellness, which includes mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if they knew that these were ways they could provide the service, they would do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> Thank you for letting me talk about it here. Like, it's just, uh, I wish you were closer. (laughs) Well, having said that, there's a part of me that wonders, like, I know that uh, part of you is working one-on-one with individuals, with clients, but also educating other trainers, uh, practitioners, doctors uh, who want to know more about this. And so that's, I can imagine you could do some of that stuff on, you know, online. Do you do online work or is most of your work in, uh, in like face-to-face um, most of my work is face to face. I have a couple remote clients, but those are clients who are um, it's it's challenging. So I can't do this sort of mm-hmm. like you know. I one other one thing we didn't talk about. Well, there are two things that we didn't talk about mm-hmm. that I do is there's the co-regulation aspect, right? I'm working with somebody, I can help them stay regulated. You know, I've been training on my own recently and I realized Mm -hmm. like, oh, I can't do that. I am Mm -hmm. feeling horrible because I don't have a training partner. Mm -hmm. And I, one of my very good friends who I like to train with, she, she's interested in all of this work. She is like a born co-regulator. Her face Mm -hmm. is so animated and she's Mm -hmm. so warm. Um, So there's the co-regulation piece. So I'm Mm -hmm. not there to do that. I'm also not there to interpret 
their to be able to see what their nervous system. So it's all self-report, yeah. which can be hard. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, is if for people who are really, really grappling with trauma, um, this was something I experienced. I refer to it as flashbacks in the squat rack. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. it's, I, one of the things I also bring is, I call it triage. Like I can provide triage for when you've become incredibly dysregulated, possibly to the state of having a flashback type experience. I'm not there with the client to mm-hmm. do that. So the people who I do remote for are people who kind of just like my general focus on feeling good and quality of life. Um, but there's not going to be as much of the, the trauma piece. Trauma yeah. piece. Um, you know, and we, so I'll, I'll write programs for them and then we'll meet remote um, once we meet using Zoom you know, mm-hmm. once a month, because uh, it's a four week program and mm-hmm. kind of go over the program, go over cycles. And I check in every week via email, you know, if anything's come up, but it's really not the same work. And in terms yeah. of the continuing ed, uh, definitely going to be looking into some online platform for that. But um, yeah, Zoom, <laughs> I use yeah. a lot of Zoom in my work right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, the continuing ed piece is, uh, is coming along. So um, we'll see. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And just being able to have people follow your Instagram, for example, is that a good place where people can, you know, just in their own day to day, just grab snippets of information? Yes. So that is many, many moons ago before I did any of this, my Instagram was food. And I should have known at the time I was going to wind up using Instagram for teaching because I just use Instagram to share all my cooking knowledge. (laughs) Um, So if you scroll way back into my history, you'll see lots of food. Um, But eventually I realized that it was uh, a pretty useful tool. Um, And so like this week, actually, sometimes it's more informative than others. This week, I am very explicitly sharing um, holiday season self-care tips mm. um, because there are a lot of things that come up. And so today I talked about parties um, and uh, people who tend to go inwards to self-regulate introverts, mm-hmm. um, people like me, who I love parties and people, but I also get pretty tuckered out pretty quickly mm-hmm. um, from them and how I may do come do your dishes and I may pet your cat and mm-hmm. I'm okay. Like I don't, it's not the end of the world and it's nothing personal. This is mm-hmm. how I regulate and that's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that that's great. Yeah. So it's, it's great to in the training, get to know self and how you regulate. There's a real um, coming together in connection while we're being trained as somatic experiencing practitioners and um, absolutely love the training. And I don't plan on departing from um, that tribe anytime soon. Great. <laughs> um, hopefully going to be doing some assisting work uh, that's going to happen next year, I think, or yeah, 2019, late 2019 in my area. So I just it's exciting. Yeah. I want to soak it up as much as I can. Uh, okay, Laura. So just as we get ready to wrap up, we had some technical difficulties. And so I uh, just want to be mindful of your time. Where is the best place? We talked about Instagram, but where's the best place for people to find out more information about you? Um, oh, we didn't talk about the blog. Yeah. So there's the website. Talk to me about that. Oh, um, okay. So well, I have my own website. It's mm-hmm. laurakadari.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and on there, one of the things um, 
I, I have, if you go to the main page, pretty close to the top, there's a sign up for my newsletter. Mm-hmm. My newsletter is, it's really me. I email people once a week sharing information. That is it. It's not, um, as, trying to sell I anything. I'm not trying to sell anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I share other resources as well as whatever, you know, I've been thinking about that week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, a kind of like a blog post shorter. It's a little shorter than a blog post, but a little longer than an Instagram post. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. And then my Instagram is also just my name, Laura mm-hmm. Kaderi. And I do share kind of tips there um, a lot. My Facebook page isn't as active, mm-hmm. but it's um, Laura K CPT, okay. and I do post my things before they make it to my website on my blog. They do go to Medium, um, and I so I do. I'm saying my name at Medium. If you're on Medium, that's where I post generally something about once a month on this stuff. Okay, cool. And those will be longer, like the breath article. Right. Yeah. So just to touch, because I said I would, um, if you check out Laura's website, which is L-A-U-R-A-K-H-O-U-D-A-R-I.com, um, June 26, 2018, Don't Start With The Breath is uh, that article that we spoke about a number of times. And you've got uh, some diagrams on here about constriction in our breathing muscles, and you break that down, um, the muscles of inspiration, expiration, and how that works. And then you talk a little bit in this article, I'm pretty sure I read that uh, what you chose to do, which was to focus on your hands because you were not resonating with the breath piece. I think you speak about that. uh, Yes. In here. Yeah. So, which I really love because it doesn't resonate with everyone. And there are clients where I've actually said, okay, don't focus on your breath because it was so triggering. And we're like, okay, we're just not going to do that. And then you have uh, some other uh, grounding type exercises, the five things, sound far, uh, sounds far to near, near to far. Um, so it's a really great article and I encourage people to check it out and understand maybe why when you hear about the breath being a good grounding exercise, why maybe it doesn't resonate with you. So Laura's done a really great job there. Uh, Laura, I really want to thank you for your time today. And uh, like I said, I apologize for some of the tech glitches, which those listening aren't even going to know because it's going to be seamless. But uh, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, maybe we can connect in the future and have a, another discussion on a different topic. That would be great, Julie. I'd love that. Awesome. Okay. Well, have a great day. All right. Thank you. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me today. Please remember that information provided in this podcast is not therapy and is not a substitute for receiving help from a licensed or regulated healthcare professional. For more information on this episode and links discussed here today, please see the show notes. Please also visit my website, which includes more resources and social media links, as well as ways of getting in touch with me at julieclarktherapy.com.